In this episode of Me and the Crew, I sit down with a friend of mine by the name of Angelica Roberts. Angelica's the author of the best-selling book, Vendetta. We discuss her journey to becoming a published author, the inspirations behind her characters, and what it takes to be transparent in storytelling. We discuss her journey from childhood to the woman that she is today. I am blessed and honored to have her on the show today, and I hope you guys enjoy listening to her as much as I enjoy talking to her. So without further ado, Angelica Roberts. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is me and the crew with your host, Sean Leverett, and I am blessed to have my girl here, Angelica Jelly Roberts, uh, today, author trendsetter young black woman doing her thing jelly say hello to the people hello people hi sean <laughs> thanks for having me on oh man yeah I'm, I'm thankful though man i think you want to tell the people who you are and what you do and then we'll go yeah of course so um you said a few things but yes i i am an author um, I work in marketing for a travel tech company, but my first love is, will always be writing. Um, went to school, Florida A&M University for journalism. Um, and since then, journalism has always been, you know, my blueprint. I've been reading and writing since I was a kid, you know, okay. since I remember second grade, whenever my teacher had the great assignment, she'd say, Angelica, read to the class. Okay. <laughs> so I've always been, my grandma always made sure I, I had a book in my hands. And so first love is journalism. Happy to be here living in Dallas, Texas right now. Um, and yeah, that's it. Okay. Just reading over your bio. Didn't know you were from Baltimore originally. Yeah. So originally actually Mississippi, but I uh, moved around a little bit, military brat, and I spent most of my years um, in in Maryland, in Baltimore. So that's why I say I grew, I grew up there. And again, went to Florida, moved back up to the DMV, and then ended in Texas. So that's where I am now. Let, let, let people know what the DMV is. Okay, DMV, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. There you go, because I guarantee East you 99%. Coast. Did she say she went to the DMV? <laughs> you're right i didn't think about that <laughs> yes that is the the, the dmv for the right East so the, the hey just you gotta let some people know uh, you man. do I, you definitely I, I, do. I knew i knew what you meant <laughs> but, but i guarantee you a lot of people did not know what i you meant. i i agree i think i think you're right hilarious man and considering april is uh what is it national poetry month or something like that i thought you'd be the perfect person to have this uh, well you thank it? you for thinking about You're me welcome. yeah it's a perfect welcome. month i love poetry too actually that was my first thing that i ever published um i, I want to say i was maybe 11 years old oh. and i i published um a, a poem online okay. and okay. so that was the first thing yeah okay well, what do you remember it I don't remember, but now that we're talking about it, I feel like I need to go through and find it. Okay. I was going to say, let, let's, let's hear <laughs> That's let's a throwback. Right. Let's <laughs> I want to find it now. <laughs> oh, I used to love to challenge myself because I love talking to people. I always have, mm -hmm. and I can be a little wordy and long sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I used to go to uh, spoken word and practice some of my stuff. And I, I just, man, it was the best time. It was a different uh -huh. Just the best time. And um, you have the voice too. Like you, you know, you have that voice, I feel like, uh, for spoken word. 
you know, it's just it's just connecting with people, man. Mm -hmm. Because you know, I didn't I didn't grow up in the suburbs, not at all, Mm -hmm. not even close. Um, Mm -hmm. But I've always had that kind of energy where I didn't I wasn't afraid to speak up. Okay. So you and that's a beautiful thing to have. That's a beautiful, you know. Sometimes. Sometimes, (laughs) sometimes, unless you grow up in an era where it's not um, where you were taught to be seen and not heard and you know i'm I'm older than you guys a little bit so the schools that we went to the teachers that didn't look like us weren't from where we were from so with that you didn't question anything um if you were capable of doing more they frowned upon that do you an example the the math books used to have dots on them like if you were in the fifth grade Mm -hmm. you were in they say you're in the fifth grade and you could do pre-algebra you could do algebra if that book did not have anything above five dots on it when you were in the fifth grade, you cannot advance further than that. Didn't matter wow. how smart you were. And reading books, the same thing. Wow. So, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and there are a lot of us like that, man. But it, it was a different time. And I grew yeah. up, in a, I grew up in, in a neighborhood where all that stuff was frowned upon. And whatever wow. we wanted, we had mm-hmm. to create, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but we always had a sense of community. Okay. Um, that's so important yeah i agree i agree man so getting off track but yes poetry (laughs) was your but not even talk about me we're here to talk about you (laughs) i want to know more about you too a little bit and i don't mind you asking questions if you listen to anisha's uh nisha's Mm -hmm. um interview she's like well i got questions for you too i know the more we're talking i'm like wait a minute you know again i'm a journalist (laughs) yeah then then go ahead i I have no problem answering and the coolest part um like when you get to a certain point and i I wish this on everybody is the stories you have to tell it's literally not what you're able to accomplish it's the stories Mm -hmm. you have to tell of just connectivity with people and being transparent with those man those are the totally best agree. Yeah, I've, I've been around people who've had a mm-hmm. ton of ton of resources and a ton of stuff and just empty. And, you know, mm-hmm. you could be in this $6 million home and it's mm-hmm. just empty feeling in it. Mm-hmm. But they have all the stuff, you know, and yeah. you know, they'll medicate with shopping sprees and they'll medicate with, with traveling and, and all and mm-hmm. some of this other stuff, but they're just, and, you know, and that's all they would talk about. Yeah. yeah, that's like nah, man. That there's and see, and and I and I I know exactly what you're talking about. So, um, when I first, even back when I was writing, you know, for magazines and newspapers, but mostly like when I published Vendetta, my first novel, people would say, "Oh, you should write a book about me. You should write a book about me." Mm. And I'm like, you know, no shade. You're a great person, but why? <laughs> like, what makes you? You know, I mean, everybody came up to me. They still do. Like, you should. Like, what about you, though? Right. You know, everybody has a story. What Every- exactly is your story? What sets you apart? Like, right. I want to know the good, the bad, the ugly in between. Ooh. You know, yeah. Um, that makes that makes us who we are. Yeah. So. I, I had that conversation with somebody recently, because mm-hmm. um, I asked them for their bio. And ask okay. everybody for their bio. And the thing is, it doesn't matter how well I know you. And, you know, mm-hmm. family, friend, doesn't matter. Because there's always stuff that gets lost in the cracks. The things that you may not think are important. Right. You know, especially to someone who doesn't know you, but who's interviewing you. It's like, mm-hmm. you man, I, I, you know, I was reading this and I didn't know this part. And mm-hmm. just to have you elaborate on that and tell the story about that, you know, and just talking about myself again. You know, yeah. I grew up 
I grew up in a different time. I was born mm-hmm. in the back, and it always sounds cool when I tell that story. Mm-hmm. I was born in the back of a 1957 Buick on the ambulance ramp in General Hospital. Reason oh, yeah. Being, see, that's the story I want to read. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Reason being, I was the third, third born. And oh, my, wow. My mother, and being my mama, did not want to give my father the satisfaction of him being right, letting him know, letting her know that it was time to go to the hospital. She would not do it. So she sat, she sat oh. up here, discomfort, pain, water broke, and waited until the last minute. So jumping oh. up, rushed to the hospital. She's a soldier. She exactly. Said, I'm going to prove my point. I'm not and kidding. out I pop. Yeah, out I pop. So that's how that, you know, it sounds cool. And it only sounds cool because I'm here to tell that story. Exactly. I'm like, Mama, for real? Like, for real? Take your chance with my life. Oh, you're fine, boy. I'm like, yeah. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> you're, you're okay. <laughs> well, that's oh. what I'm saying. We, we have these stories. People only see you where you are now. You uh, know, they, yeah. they don't see the breadcrumbs or the trail or, you know, and they definitely don't, don't see mm-hmm. the road you're traveling and where you're trying to go individually. They really don't. And that goes, you know, you see people, I'll I'll throw out Oprah and Mm -hmm. where she is now. We all know Oprah, Mm -hmm. but when you hear her story and you, you know, she didn't really um, attain this big success until later on, like what, 30s, 40s? Yep. Yeah. I think she's 32, 33, she said, or something like that. Mm -hmm. And and so people see the glory, but they don't see what all the hard work that went into it they don't see that part and so they say where did they come from oh they've been working Mm -hmm. you're just now noticing just now they just now you know god is just now giving them that platform to reach those masses right so um it's it's beautiful to see though yeah perfection man and that's Mm -hmm. that's what it's about it's just you know i want to like be able to tell my story where it's hopefully it inspires some other people you get it because coming from where yeah coming from where i come from just you know wasn't expecting a whole lot you just yeah and with that you know to make it just to make it out Mm -hmm. not and not just to make it out but to make it out mentally in one piece mentally mentally yeah was a success story you know because a lot Mm -hmm. of us passed and you know i grew up in there when crack was introduced so a lot of bros were getting like you know lit up you know on, on on that kind of thing trying to hoard money and Anyway, but yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm happy to be here, man. I'm happy to share that's the story. I'm happy to get opportunity to talk to people like you. you get it? I'm I'm happy to be here to talk because <laughs> just like you said, I mean, there there have been a lot of things, you know, that have happened, and it's because I have a praying grandmother and a lot of support, and mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. that I'm here, so I'm grateful. Yeah, and see that that's part that kind of stuff is part of your bio, in which we typically mm-hmm. don't write down. exactly and you know when you mentioned that 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 it reminded me um I like to go on retreats like wellness retreats annually Mm -hmm. and um my one of my good friends had a retreat one year and one of the girls holding one of the workshops said who are you Mm -hmm. and naturally people say oh I'm this I'm that like Mm -hmm. I you know um their job title where they're from but it's like no who are you inside and that resonated with me it really did because you're not what you do you know that doesn't define who you are Mm -hmm. um and even like for me I've always been a little bit more introverted more shy and I thought Mm -hmm. that was a negative thing growing up Hmm. and as an adult no I I like to observe people I I do I tried to be an extrovert and it, it took me down a, a very dark path and until I you mentioned the mentality that that mm-hmm. mind 
yeah. um, and being comfortable with self. Um, yeah. That was the best part because now I'm happy being in the house. I don't need to go, you know, and yeah. I'm happy being myself. Oh, hey, okay. that We could talk about that kind of stuff yeah. all day. You know, my mama yeah. used to say that, you know, the older you get, and she meant that mature, you know, in your mature state. The older, the more you mature, the older you get, the smaller your circle becomes. Uh-huh. And while I was a kid, I didn't get it. As I got, as I've gotten older, you know, it was placing value on what are you placing value on? Are you placing value on numbers? Because if that's the case, you know, from the outside looking in, you know, you're extremely happy, you know. But come to find out, you can be in a room with a ton of people and still be lonely. There's a difference between being alone. And being lonely. So with that, man, you know, you just mentioned you're happy with where you are. I'm ecstatic. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Perfect person to talk to then. Baltimore, first first, uh, poetry piece published when you were 11. And Mm -hmm. is that when you discovered your your fuel for telling stories, for writing? Is that how that? Yes, absolutely. So 11 was a pivotal year. My mother passed when I was 11. And actually, that's the year I moved to Baltimore. Um, I my dad got custody of me and I moved um, there. Mm -hmm. And difficult time. I didn't have friends. um, Just a lot of change. You know, I didn't have my mom, my sister. Mm -hmm. And so um, I did start writing more then. And that's when I realized all those years of reading that I actually like to write too. Mm. Um, and my dad used to say, you should write a book. And I thought, I'm like, oh, please, like, mm. I could never write a book, me write mm-hmm. a book, you know, I'm younger, I'm not thinking big, you know, but my dad always said you should. And um, when it was time for college, the only, the only, you know, um, path I wanted to take was journalism. Okay. I just wanted to, to stick with the writing. And then after that, I realized I wanted to write books. Hmm. So, it, and I, I talked to my dad, my dad, you told me, you told me, <laughs> <laughs> dad knows best. Right. <laughs> but Man. yeah, so here we are. Well, where's Pops right now? So dad lives in um, Ohio. Okay. He's in Ohio. Okay. So I graduated college and he moved up. He grew up in Michigan. So mm-hmm. he moved back to Michigan and now he's in Ohio. So we talk pretty much every day. As you should, as you yeah, should. Yeah, definitely Both a daddy's girl for sure. Oh, see, there you go. That's a good thing. Siblings, <laughs> brothers and sisters, any of those. I do. I have um, a sister and two brothers. Okay. All right. So not, not an only Husband child. like a brother. So okay. I, I I definitely have a close circle of family yeah. members that I love. So okay. yeah, just, just trying to see. I say those yeah, kind of things fall in between the cracks. Yeah, sometimes they do. And and I value them so much because, again, moving around, I lived in Colorado and then North Carolina, then mm-hmm. Maryland, moving around again, meeting different people all the time. My one constant were my siblings, you mm-hmm. know, even though at, at some points we were separated. Those yeah. are my best friends. And so yeah. I'm very happy to have them. High school, you went where? Where, where was high school? High school was in uh, Baltimore and Columbia, in Maryland. In, Columbia. in Maryland. Okay. So then you yeah. decided to go to an um, HBCU. I sure did. And, you know, 11 was such a big year. I decided at 11 I was going to FAMU, too. Okay. Um, my grandmother took me to um, the battle. It was like a battle of the bands in Michigan. She lived mm-hmm. in Michigan at the time. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I saw this band, they were orange and green. I'm like, who are they? They were like 
lit. And then I started researching mm-hmm. and I saw they were like the, the biggest HBCU and they, you know, just were the best when it came to academics. And I knew then that I wanted to go mm. for me, you know, after losing my mom, I was, I was very sad yeah. and I thought about Florida and mm-hmm. I thought Florida was the sunshine state. That's where I can go and be happy. Mm-hmm. And then I see this band who happens to be in that state. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to go there. That's, okay. where, that's where my happiness will be. Okay. <laughs> sunshine. So, yeah. And I got all the sunshine. I, it truly was the, the best years of my of my life. They okay. used to say that HBCUs are the best years of your life. Right. thought they were exaggerating, but no. It, no. For me, it was true. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to Anisha about that. And she talked mm-hmm. about uh, her transition and, you know, how that that changed her life her going mm-hmm. there and the sisterhood with the delta sigma yes. theta sorority sisters and yes okay i get that i get that's that. how we became you know she's one of my best friends now and yeah. delta is um a big reason or, or is how that actually happened um mm-hmm. being able to build those relationships and the network through an hbcu and delta has just right. been beautiful okay. to see Okay, mm-hmm. well, make, making good choices. And let, let's dive into uh, your first novel. Let's oh, into the, the inspiration, <laughs> The inspiration behind that, the characters involved. Oh. Will there be a sequel? <laughs> yes, so the inspiration for Vendetta. Mm-hmm. I kind of told you a little bit about how, as a kid, I didn't think I could write a book. When I graduated college, um, it was 2012. Journalism was different. You know, you had a lot of bloggers and it was hard to find a job, um, the type of job that I wanted in journalism. And I couldn't, you know, I couldn't find one. So um, while I was looking, I just started writing one day. It was a short Mm -hmm. story that turned into a novel. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually a commercial fiction author, um, which is I write for entertainment. I use current events and Mm -hmm. I put a fictional type of um, uh, setting on it. And and I just have fun with it. Those are the kind of books that I I enjoy reading and writing. Okay, so, it, so with, yeah. with Vendetta, because is that based on fiction or is that based on... Oh, that's on... fiction. It is fiction. <laughs> it is know. fiction. Okay. That's what I write is fiction. Okay. okay. <laughs> All fiction. Okay. Yeah. Based on somebody we know. It's like, no. Oh, no. Now, I will say, again, with me using real, real events sometimes, right. that's there I are, have. you know, I have one scene in there um, uh, with one of the girls in the book her name is Taylor she received a phone call from her dad who um was in jail Mm. and um that scene kind of was from a personal one I was talking to one of my really good friends and she clicked over and clicked back over to me and said you know my dad is locked up again and it was Mm -hmm. a very emotional moment Mm-hmm. And I, once we got off the phone, I just wrote that scene out. And of course I got her approval to publish it. Mm. Um, but sometimes, yeah, I use real life events, um, things that happen to me, mm. uh, to somebody else, something that's happening in the world, you mm-hmm. know, and I put that in there and mm-hmm. I have a good time with it. So yeah. in this book, in Vendetta, it's about an NBA player who was accused of uh, rape. Mm-hmm. And his um, defense attorney, Maya, was the main character. And at that time, um, that was when uh, Deshaun Jackson was being traded 
from was going from Philly to the Redskins at the oh, time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. And he was like the bad boy, you know? Right. And so I wanted to, not necessarily, again, it's fictional, so it's not just like Deshaun Jackson's story, mm-hmm. but it's about a bad boy in the NBA. And he had this kind of, um, people looked at him a certain way. Mm-hmm. And, and I wanted to make a character kind of based on that. And, and from there, just kind of spun. And it is based in Maryland, in the DMV, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, because, mm-hmm. again, as a writer, I like to uh, write things that I know to be able to accurately um, portray scenes for the readers. And so Vendetta is based out there. And then my new book comes out in June and it's called The Root Cause. It's a spinoff of Vendetta. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You, you want to give any like tidbits of that or you just want to wait and see? You know, I will say this. Maryland has its first black governor. Um, and so I'm so excited that this book, it introduces someone, a black man that is running for a senator, running for U.S. Senate. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I started this book 2018 maybe 2017 2018 um and I just wanted to see I I noticed that there hadn't been a lot of senators there have only been 11 black senators including Kamala Harris and Barack Obama and there have only been three black governors including Westmore now that's over Maryland and so I saw an opportunity for it to just claim it to claim that we are going to have you know more representation in these high places of power um, and so that's when I decided to, to take a minor character from Vendetta named Devin Simmons. Mm-hmm. Devin Simmons and Vendetta was on only one page of Vendetta. And I decided to do a whole spinoff based on him. Okay. And so he's running for U.S. Senate um, out of Maryland and talks about the scandals, you know, political stuff and white collar crimes, uh, family issues, addiction. So. It's, I'm excited for it. I'm ready for this thing to come out. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell, but I'm excited. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I am. I was thinking about that. And I was like, okay, well, let me go ahead and order her book. Which yes. I, yes, I was, but I haven't had a chance to read it. So, you know what? When I, you I know, do, we you. have to have another conversation. Just, just even offline. I just want to know. You what you think you. about it yeah i got you i got you man but i'm just <laughs> so like, thank you for supporting and, and ordering it oh man but that's you know what we need to do more of that you know mm-hmm. it's anyway I, that that's a whole nother topic i get on people all about that all the time yeah. we support nike and all these other brands Ooh, let me tell you that i'm sorry i don't mean to cut you off no but, go ahead so in um the root cause which again is coming out in june my second mm-hmm. novel um a lot of in Vendetta, I would talk about big name brands, you mm-hmm. know, that everybody knows about. Well, with the root cause, um, I'm actually highlighting black businesses, black brands. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because so Anisha, she's one of my test readers for the root cause. And as we were going through her edits, I saw Louis Vuitton was mentioned. And I was like, mm-hmm. highlight that because I love Louis. But no, but, now I, I want to highlight black owned, black yeah, brand businesses, yeah. luxury brands. Yeah. I want to put those in there. So right. I agree with you. Okay. 
Yeah, there mm-hmm. you go, man. All the time. I, anyway. Yeah. And that, that would be, that's a whole nother topic with us. So and, and just anyway, I got you. Yeah, that's a good topic, though. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. But not everybody wants to hear it. So, yeah. so I, I don't want to make anybody else mad. So I know. For right now, for right now, just for the sake of this podcast, I'm mm-hmm. going to kind of divert away from that. Your, your style, your style in writing, would you say that was more like chiseled during your upbringing in Baltimore uh, as you transition after your mom passed or hmm. going into college, your style of writing? My style of writing, I would say post-college because I took um, writing for newspapers are di- is different from writing for magazines, which mm-hmm. is different from writing for blogs. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then now in my position, I work as a communication specialist doing internal communications, which is more like technical writing in a way. Mm-hmm. And so I have taken all that I've learned over the years and have adapted my own style. Yeah. Now I have a full-time job when I write and I work on my books and my short stories, that's my time. That's my yeah. hobby. So mm-hmm. I write in a way that excites me that, mm-hmm. um, that I can I I laugh at myself. I know I probably look weird. But I'm like, uh uh-uh. sometimes I think about the characters and I'm like, oh you crazy. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I use my tone of voice when I talk to friends. Um I use I have an editor. Um so once once I'm actually done with the book, I send it to her and she'll, you know, go in and make some changes. Um but overall it's it's a fun, entertaining style. Uh, modern the first book was written in first person Mm -hmm. Uh, the root cause is written in third um when I would talk to literary agents they were saying I should paint the scene more and Mm -hmm. so you'll see more of that in the root cause Mm -hmm. so showing versus telling okay Uh, how how do you and just you know because I'm not a writer I know Mm -hmm. when I'm passionate about something I'm focused Oh, how, yeah. how, and I, I can imagine like writing how, how would you, how do you stay motivated to do that to stay on course with what you're doing well Sean again me saying it's a hobby so I do it when I can mm-hmm. um that is also I know my mentor would say that's a cop-out and <laughs> mm-hmm. um over the years with working full-time with other things um it hasn't always been a priority for me and around 2020, when everything hit, I thought that was going to be an opportunity to finish my book. So I've been working on this for about five years. Vendetta was about five years. I worked on it because I would come to it, put it down, you know, and um, I hit a very tough time. Um, and so last year I made a decision that I'm going to focus more and I'm going to get this book done and get it out. And um, having accountability partners really helped helped mm-hmm. me. And then finding an area, like I have this coffee shop here in Dallas that I go to and I just get in my zone right. and, and I make sure that I write some, I read or write something every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been doing that consistently for the last year before it was kind of, you know, pick up and go type stuff yeah. when I can. Um, but yeah. I know reading your bio, you, you mentioned that you're part of a Dallas area writers group. Is, is that, is that the group you're referring to? Yes, Dar- Dallas Area Writers Group. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, I was also in the Houston Writers Guild when I was in Houston previously. And I love joining these groups because it keeps you motivated. Being yes. able to meet up with each other and exchange ideas and um, 
you know, get 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 work critiqued is is really helpful. Um mm-hmm. especially because, you know, when I talk to most of my friends there in business, there and this, there and that. So, you know, finding your tribe of people that really yep. get you in that yep. way. <laughs> yep. Uh it's it's awesome. Oh, yeah. Man. So yeah, I, I iron sharpens iron. People. Yeah, iron sharpens iron. I agree. Yeah, hundred percent. Just being in your mm-hmm. zone. Yeah, it it motivates that alone. Just going to my shop where there's other mm-hmm. writers there, or meeting up on Saturdays for critique sessions. Right. That alone motivates me to 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 knock out more work during the week. Right now, and just just speaking from this life experience, we know that mm-hmm. you you know you grow more so from failure and criticism than you do mm-hmm. from success. Success doesn't teach you anything. You know, nah, you get that exact, accolade, the, the feeling of, and the accolades that come along with mm-hmm. like, winning something. But, you know, the other part, man, failure teaches you preparation. It teaches you focus. It teaches you humility. It mm-hmm. teaches you, you know, revisioning. It teaches you all mm-hmm. those things. How, how, how do you handle criticism? Or have you received any? I have handled so <laughs> my mentor at one point he made me cry one time he was like you need to toughen up that was years ago I'm like, ah. <laughs> he made me cry he felt so bad but I said no I need that I needed that yeah. um but I've been writing for so long mm-hmm. that criticism comes with it you know yeah. uh writing an article I have an editor who says yay or nay mm-hmm. um and I I do well under pressure um or when so with the first book how I said that was first person and I I tried to sell the book and go to traditional publishing companies who will give you those advances and help you with your marketing and um, nobody picked it up literary Mm. agent same thing and I was blessed because one literary agent took the time to tell me you know I like this I Mm -hmm. really enjoyed it but again that you're telling not showing you know, you need to put more description in there. And so I said, okay, thank you for that. I appreciate that. And being able to use that in my work now um, Mm -hmm. has been life-changing, but in terms of life. So I worked on Vendetta when I couldn't find a job and I had a hunger in me. Um, I had a hunger. Like I started writing the book and, you know, because I, I wanted to eat. I'm like, okay, I I need to get this done. I want to be able to sell it. I want to share my work with the masses. Um, and then most recently I had um, been sober now for a little bit over a year mm-hmm. and um, from alcohol. Um, and I was using a lot of excuses before. And it's mm-hmm. like, since I've been sober, since I've been more clear and I've gained more clarity, mm-hmm. um, I've been able to really tap into that writing. It's not because I, I need to eat or whatever. It's just because I know that that's God's purpose for me. And go. so I do it because I love it. And because it's part of that purpose. Um, yeah. I, I got it. You, when I, when I saw you post that and just that transparency, I was like, man, that's what's up. I was like, that's what's up. Let, let, let me go ahead and reach out and let her yeah. know. I'm proud of, you know, I she don't know me. From, that. Yeah, yeah. No, seriously. I'm like, she don't know me from Adam, but I'm gonna let her know. I'm proud of her. And I mean that, you know, that, that takes more guts than any, you know, any kind of post about, Ooh, look what I'm doing. Look what I got. Look what I've gained. Look who's following me. Look, 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 look. 
you know, this is a part of my past. Or this is a part of mm-hmm. me. And that that's what makes you you. You know, so when you had, you know, talked about your past um, mm-hmm. with that with that struggle right there, I was just like, yeah, that's that's going to help some people. Because yeah. I've had some of that in my past. I've had mm-hmm. some, you know, mental some mental health issues in my past. And anybody mm-hmm. who knows me, you know, I I am a reformed knucklehead. You know, mm-hmm. ex gangster, drug. Mm-hmm. I I am all that stuff. You wouldn't mm-hmm. know it unless I told that to you. Mm-hmm. You get it? But me having those back stories are, opens doors to everybody. I've, I've met with people who are worth God knows how much to people who don't have a nickel in their pocket and I'm comfortable mm-hmm. in both the rings. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm thankful that you were able to share that, man. And, and I, thank I'm you for your message. People. I remember when you, you messaged me and it meant a lot. Um, like you said, transparency, it's, it's very, it, it's hard, you yeah. know, it can be very hard. Um, yeah, it is challenging, man. But, but it's you know, freeing. But, but it's you know, the, the cool part about it, though, mm-hmm. it, it exposes what it needs to expose. It does. You know, it exposes, and I, not, I'm not saying it exposes people because mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't, I try not to use that. But it exposes what needs to be exposed. If if somebody is not comfortable with you being where you are in your journey, mm-hmm. that will show. Yeah. It, it, it always does and not necessarily you you can still be cool with them and still love them but you know how you know you got to love them at a distance just exactly. to continue that because they feel mm-hmm. a certain way about where you were and right. just sent a friend of mine somebody that now you know the difference mm-hmm. between who you are and what you did two exactly two <laughs> different things if, if you and I are, are friends and we have a background where we've done some things in the past that we're not necessarily proud of, and we're just sitting around chopping it up and mm-hmm. you know, laughing about it, it's like, man, I can't believe we didn't get caught or neither of us <laughs> in jail, and we're laughing about it. That's mm-hmm. us talking about that moment, moving through that moment, and moving forward to what's next for both of us. Mm-hmm. But if we're doing that and I'm calling you a thief, if mm-hmm. I'm calling you a coward, that is me keeping you in that place from your past. From your past. You definitely, exactly. need, to, you definitely need to run away from me. Even yeah. if I'm not telling you that, you definitely, you don't need to be around me because that's not conducive to what God has in store for you if you're trying to move forward. So, mm-hmm. but I, I applaud that, man. I really do. Yeah. That's, that's going to help. You know, it, it may cause a few people's necks to snap back and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But the people who really need to hear from you Mm-hmm. really need to hear from you watch them come in groves they may Shine. not get the pace when i tell you um yeah. since since um you know sharing my journey being more open about it you just talk about addiction recovery alcoholism unfortunately that's something that plagues a lot of families yeah so maybe not you personally but maybe a family member yep and i have you know I, for me it's like whenever i share it it's to be a blessing to somebody else yeah. it's to let you know you're not alone yeah. um, because i've been blessed and people sharing their stories with me and, and people helping me um through recovery and so you know i've been able to talk to some people and not necessarily give advice because mm-hmm. it's one of those things addiction you, you it's, it's a hard thing you know um you can't really give a lot of advice about it for me it's a god thing for me mm-hmm. personally um mm-hmm. but just letting them know they're not alone has been yeah. really really nice and to know that i'm not alone because yeah. it's a very shaming thing oh you man know? Yo, you know what man and yeah. 
Nisha had asked me, and I know I keep going mm-hmm. back to her, but you know, we had mm-hmm. that connection. No, and she was her. like, you know, why now, Sean? What made you start your podcast now? And the thing mm-hmm. is, I'm just, I told her, I'm just doing what I've always done. Mm-hmm. And because I love connecting people, I love talking to people. That matters to me more Perfect. than any, yeah, it matters more than anything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, you could have all this stuff and people not even know you. Or you could have nothing and people not even know you. So so why not find that middle ground and just be yourself? You know? I love it. Yeah. And I, I and that's why ever since we've been connected, um, I go and I listen to your episodes and I like that transparency and I like the real conversations. You don't from what I've, you know, watched, it's not just about the person, what they do, going back to our conversation on bios. Mm-hmm. It's about who are you? You know, yeah. what was that journey? How did you yeah. get here? And I yeah. appreciate that. You you are a storyteller and yeah. it shows. But I, mm-hmm. I love that part though, man. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'll tell this story really, really quick. And you wouldn't know this. Um, I, I have a, I had an older brother. He's still my older brother, but he's gone now. He died in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, had all this stuff, all the stuff in which we were talking about, you know, multiple on top of multiples on top of multiples. And he got bone cancer. He got bone cancer originated in his prostate. Um, from the time he was diagnosed, took about nine, 10 months before he passed. But we're in his house and he's got all these cars and all this other stuff, but it's just a lonely place. Mm-hmm. And there, there are six of us, three boys, three girls. I got, at that time, I think I had 36 maybe 35, 36 nieces and nephews. Whoa. So, you know, I, I got like 41 or 42 now. So, but if, if you could imagine, can you imagine all that, if, if you're cool with everybody, mm-hmm. all that love around you all the time, think mm-hmm. about that. But because that wasn't um, nurtured by him or it wasn't, mm-hmm. he didn't invest any time or any energy into it, you know, that that's my brother and I love him, but... Right. None of the nieces and nephews really knew him like that because he didn't invest any kind of time. He was too busy doing his own thing. So to listen to him, and he didn't have a wife, no wife, no children. So to listen to him with with these regrets about how he wished he had, and all that stuff was going to be gone. You know, all that stuff had to be divided up and done something with. And just to watch that, man, it, it was just, it was heartbreaking. Yeah, that is heartbreaking because he couldn't take none of that with him. None of that stuff could save him or take away the pain or anything. So it's just like, you know what, man? Okay, if if I didn't have a visual visual example of that, I got one now. Right. And I, you know, I'm in the midst of this pain and I'm sitting up here and I can't help him. And every Mm -hmm. October, we do our Breast Cancer Awareness Month uh, Mm -hmm. campaign because my mother died from cancer, my brother died from cancer, my father. While he did not die from it, he had it when he did die. Mm-hmm. We always do a campaign. And the last day of the month, I always post the mm-hmm. last video of when my brother was around. And he can't close his eyes, and he's just feeble, and he's looking, and it's just mm-hmm. me there playing Tina Marie for him and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. Because it, it's a constant reminder, this is what that looks like. Yeah. It looks like, you know, I'm, I'm connected to this man, I love this man, but and he can't give any of that back to me right now. Right. So, anyway, I'm definitely sorry for your loss. Uh, my mom actually passed from cancer. Oh, sure. Um, so I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like the we'll, last we'll, days, we'll, we'll revisit. Yeah, we'll revisit some things, man. Because yeah. uh, my mom's illness was the best thing that happened to her and I's relationship, as far as us being connected. Love my mother, but when yeah. she became, she was a hard woman. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I mean, she giving birth in the best yeah. of. 
you know, my mom was a hard woman. She loved us, but she was just, you know, just that just wasn't her 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 gift. So when she became ill, she became soft. And so we moved her out to where my sister was, and my mother would hug you like you were hot, where it was it was really uncomfortable for her to show any kind of affection or to say that she loved you. That just wasn't her thing. But when she got sick, she would see you. And she'd lean up out of that bed for you to kiss her head. Then she'd lay back really? and a bad joke. So, like, she'd wave you in. Like, Sean, guess what? I, you know, if you're going to get cancer, don't get this kind. Or mm-hmm. and she'd lay back and she'd try and laugh, but she had no ox, no air. So she had yeah. these oxygen tubes. She'd just be sitting there with a smile on her face. Now, the thing is, my mom and I would never have shared those kind of moments when she was well. Because that just wasn't mm-hmm. her thing. And I tell about how her death um how close that brought my father and I so that was her gift to me yeah so when um, you look at you know looking at hard situations like that and the lessons that come out or um you know the feeling afterwards yeah it's it's beautiful that you're able to recognize that there's so many things like you know the the trials and the the bad things is what people say are bad yeah Um, seeing how it actually transforms your life sometimes right. better or yeah. the gifts like you said were left for you to you yeah, yeah. It, it, it makes it makes it's you so different. real yeah it make, makes you different man and that, mm-hmm. that's what matters the most mm-hmm. so enough about all that back to you <laughs> <laughs> i told you i want to know more no i'm saying that yeah. that's the best thing though back to you mm-hmm. so what, what do you hope people get from vendetta you've you given so- them Go ahead. Yeah. So from Vendetta, there are a few themes in there. So, you know, I mentioned like the family um, aspect of it. But what I want is reading to be fun. Mm-hmm. I, I again, I'm a book nerd. That's I, I love it. And mm-hmm. I think um, that when you talk about literacy and especially like in our community, but just period, you know, mm-hmm. people look you know, going back to journalism being different and the mm-hmm. digital age and social media, people want things fast and nice. um, reading has taken a hit. Like even, a, you know, at my nine to five job, we need to make sure that the emails that we sent are smaller, including mm-hmm. a video. So people mm. will, you know, engage. Um, and so what I want people to get is that reading is fun that you can mm-hmm. read it, you can pick it up and you can get so immersed in the, in the characters uh, that you start to relate to them. I, yeah. I want my, all my characters are relatable. Mm. Um, and so I just want people to enjoy it. I, I had a, a friend who hadn't read Vendetta um, when I first put it out. She went and, and got a copy a few weeks ago and she doesn't typically read. She okay. like, she prefers audiobooks, and she actually read it, you know, cover to cover. And she said, I love this book. And okay. it made me happy to know that um, someone who doesn't typically like to read, you yeah. know, prefers the audio books, was able to read my book, the physical copy and get yeah. into it and enjoy it. And so that's what I want. I, you know, I'm all again, the entertainment aspect mixed with the arts. Um, yeah, that's a, the joy that I get from reading is what I want my readers to have when they read my stuff. There you go. And see, you killed that question, which is a good thing. Because I was going to ask you about the future of storytelling, like, you know, particularly with the age of like, you know, digital media. Oh, yeah. So that, that, that's a good thing. 
Yeah. That is, that's a good thing. Your favorite books, favorite author. Oh, oh, that's okay. So, childhood would be maybe Mildred Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Roll of Thunder here, my cry book, which is a banned oh, yeah, book yeah. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. now. Right. Um, I love wait, that wait. whole series. It, it's a banned book. Yes, it is. Really. Roll of Thunder here, my cry. It is currently banned, along oh, everywhere. With, um, in the U.S., no. like in schools, in schools, really, okay. in schools, yes. So, but I grew up loving, loving that. I also loved, um, I love J.K. Rowling, Harry mm-hmm. Potter. <laughs> I'm okay. like, oh my god, I love you, Harry Potter. Okay. Um, I love urban fiction novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to um, Omar Tyree, Eric Jerome Dickey, Elon yeah. Harris. Yeah. Um. And then I like Danielle Steele. So I will say this. At one point, I got so caught up in like urban fiction or just black authors and black writers, which were amazing, (laughs) that I would not read anybody else. You know, I just wasn't interested in reading um, from other cultures. And so I started reading Danielle Steele and I love her. Um, Like her romance book. She's one of the most published authors Mm. out. Um, So I love Tony Morrison. Um, I could go on and on and on. <laughs> <laughs> go, go. We got time. Go. And Frank, I love, like, again, growing up. So growing up was definitely Mildred Taylor. Um, I love the Sweet Valley High books and the Gossip Girl books, too. Mm. So I want to delve eventually into young adult fiction. Yeah. That is my next, like, I, uh, adult fiction is cool, but young adult fiction, that's what I grew up on. You okay. know, the little smaller chapter books that when they got to college, now it's a, a novel kind of books. Mm-hmm. So um, those those would be some of my main, main authors. Kiki Swanson, Urban Fiction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Carl know. Weber. Oh, <laughs> I love wow. Carl Weber. Good so, job. Like, what was it? That's, that's no, I said good job, man. You are a reader. Good job. I am a reader. <laughs> but with Carl Weber, I love Carl Weber one his books but also when you talk about going from book to film and mm-hmm. you see his shows on television um that's one thing that especially black authors we've been fighting for so i'll even talk about zane for a second mm-hmm. if you you know uh, erotica books zane mm-hmm. for a long time had the best books and would not you know oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Zane. That's right. yeah i remember you know zane yeah, I remember. That's right. Yeah. For me, she was like a, one of the pioneers. You know, she was just so great. But she she eventually got a movie out there, but it had a low budget. It wasn't as good as it could have been. But right. you look at, what is it, Fifty Shades of Grey, which, right, right. in my personal opinion, was poorly written. Um, <laughs> and what did it get? It got straight to the, you know, it got all of these accolades. You got Beyonce on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but Zane, though, Zane. Right. So that's why I love, like, authors like uh, Carl Weber and the other ones that are finally getting their books on, on the big screen. Um, that's a goal of mine, for sure. Okay, yeah. to, to okay. That you touched thing. on that just now. Mm-hmm. Current state, um, I, was, I don't want to phrase that. Your thoughts on the current state of black publishers? A black publishing, like buff publishing company? Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm, I'm, I would assume you know more about that than me. Because I, I, I know it's publishers. easier now to, you know, publish the books yourself where you don't necessarily need a house to do it, correct? 
That is true. Okay. So do you think we're getting more away from that, which would open up all kinds of doors for those who have something they want to publish or they want to Mm -hmm. get out there where they don't have to rely on a certain entity? That's very true. So I was wondering, did you, do you think like with the industry, you think it's going more so in that direction? More so like in Uh self-publishing for sure. So there's three different types. There's the self-publishing, independent publishing, in the traditional publishing. Okay. So the traditional houses like Simon and Schuster, mm-hmm. those are the ones that give you those book advances. Those are the ones that have those deals with like say Barnes and Noble, that mm. they have this team of people that will help you market, will maybe pay for you to go on a book tour. Traditional publishing companies, what they typically like is someone who already has a following. Okay. Someone in these days, someone who has a big amount of followers on social media or a celebrity mm-hmm. um, who they know they're they're going to get their money you right. know um, so in traditional publishing companies it's very hard to get through the door mm-hmm. so um, next would be independent publishing which is what I use my independent publisher opportune publishing um, shout out to opportune publishing the, the <laughs> publisher went to fam you mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um, and so with, with opportune publishing and with independent publishing companies, it's kind of like an a la carte situation. So it says, hey, I can publish your book. I can format it. I can edit it for you. I can create marketing materials, your website, X, Y, and Z um, for this amount of money. Or you can pick and choose what you want. And for me, seeing again that I work full time and I'm mm-hmm. in grad school right now, mm-hmm. um, that's the best option because I don't have the time commitment to put into going into self-publishing, doing all of it on my own. That's what self-publishing is. Self-publishing is you're figuring out, you're contacting Barnes & Noble, you're contacting these people to get Mm. doing it all by yourself. And so for me, independent is the best um, for me. Okay. Um, Yeah. Okay. I'm curious. Curious. Okay. Mm -hmm. Talk talk to me about grad school. Uh, Grad school. (laughs) So you Prairie View, you made A&M the commitment University. to go. You made the commitment to go. So let me talk to you. You know, I started grad school years ago, and mm-hmm. um, to go. So undergrad was journalism. I wanted to go to grad school for business. When I first put out Vendetta, the easy part was me writing the book. The hard part was the business side, the marketing mm-hmm. side, and mm-hmm. that's when I figured I was like, ah. Oh, like, if I want to do this long term, I need to know the business, you know, yeah. how to run a business. And so mm-hmm. I enrolled in school and um, been in and out of school again, like uh, with with alcohol. Um, it wasn't necessarily a priority last year when I got sober, me saying mm-hmm. I'm getting this book out. I was like, I need to finish my degree. And so yeah. I finished. I, I and, and I'm telling you, the universe, God. So I called last April and I spoke with my advisor and she said, Miss Roberts, I'm glad you called. You have literally one more year to finish your classes before they expire and you have to retake them. <laughs> <laughs> she said, you have one year. One year. She said, okay. so I'm glad you called. So um, I graduate August 12th um, okay. with my MBA. So I'm still taking classes, but we'll be graduating this summer. And it's been a ride and it's been really good because, again, going back to um, marketing my book, 
mm-hmm. learning that, being able to do that on my own. And then also in my current job, I'm in marketing and communication. So the business degree and the classes I've been taking have been super helpful, you know. But go ahead and hustle, man. I heard that. That's what's up. That's so hard. People don't understand, man. That's an attractive quality. People don't understand that. I was, I, was, I was joking with somebody recently. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, man, name the most attractive thing on a woman. I was like, good credit. And mm-hmm. I don't, no, and I didn't mean it had nothing to do with the actual credit aspect. It just had to do mm-hmm. with somebody working to keep their stuff together. <laughs> yeah, that is that is attractive. Yeah, seriously. It's like, you know, <laughs> mental man, stop checking their bank accounts and checking their physiques and the rest of that. Check their mental emotional and spiritual amen you just said a word you can check those things man because i'm telling you they go a long way they do you have no idea what's next for you what's next besides the book that's coming out in june yes what else else? the book graduation and working on my young adult books so I want to, we talked a little bit about um, that motivation to write and the consistency. I want to get more consistent with writing. Um, Last time when Vendetta, when I put Vendetta out, it took me a while to start writing again because I was marketing and doing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And then I just kind of got lost. So keeping up with that consistency, traveling, um, definitely the travel part i just got back from el salvador a couple of weeks ago which was so much fun yeah i, I think i saw that you hanging yeah. out with pops right was pops here Grant, was it was my granddaddy he turned That's 80 granddad. years old <laughs> 80 yes look good for 80 good job so i'm, I'm, been, I'm proud of you man yeah thank you and then I'm, I'm script serious. writing me and nini we're talking about working on a script together so i, I want to get out to la and meet up with with my people out there and learn more about the script writing process okay Um, Okay. so you know still the hustle and in the whole we the mental spiritual physical aspects just want to get better that opens all kind of doors because you're able to see things even if even if it looks like you're standing still I agree. So with that, I'm I'm proud of you. I really am. I am. I I didn't know how this would turn out, you know, and uh, I I was, what was I telling? I don't know. I was telling someone. I didn't either. She's a friend of Anisha's. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I don't know her, but you know, it's just a vibe. Let's just connect and see how that goes. So, but yeah, I'm I'm happy about this, man. I'm excited about what you're doing. And I'm not just saying that. Um, And hell, you're a friend of Anisha. So how, how could anybody go wrong with that? You know, you know Anisha's that my girl, girl, but Alicia lives in a land of lollipops and leprechauns. You know, oh my God, you you're see. amazing! You're amazing! Just jump, you can fly. When I and, tell and you, has, yeah. that's a, another conversation. So we we live together. We're lying sisters. We live together in Houston. We're very close, and so she's a morning person. I'm a night person. You know, <laughs> right. and so like living with her, especially, I'm like this. This is really her. Like she really wakes up like this. <laughs> And I, I still, to the, to sometimes I'm, I'm like, how do you do it? Right. Like, how do you, and I remember she told me one time and it really, you know, sat with me is the books. At one point she stopped listening to certain music. She started mm-hmm. reading certain books. She stopped, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just letting certain things into her spirit. Right. And just being careful of what she says and mm-hmm. just being more intentional. Right. And I've been doing that, you know, now for the last mm-hmm. year. And mm-hmm. I see, like, she's been, she's been doing this. I'm like, that's why this girl been peaceful all this time. Yeah, like, right, right, right. You know, and 
she's rubbed off on me and just to see like I, it's a blessing that she mentioned me to you you know yeah. um she always looks out and i'm i i, I love the girl she's yeah great. yeah yeah same here man and the thing yeah. is I, I met anisha uh mm-hmm. during a training session because you know, i'm okay. a personal trainer by trade been doing for more than 30 years but she came via another client of mine and that's how i met with anisha and if you listen, you listen to the podcast. We didn't discuss mm-hmm. our time training together at all. It's just that kind of connection. Like she, she's family. Yeah. No shit. She always will be. It's so, funny when you say that. Again, her she's she's morning and I'm night. She'd be mm-hmm. like, "Come on, let's go to the gym." Let's go. Uh, yeah, right. But come in and get me out the bed. I, I don't want to go. Oh man. She's a president. Sunshine and rainbows. Yeah, she yeah. Yeah, exactly. But if she likes you, she is a president of your fan club. Oh, you want yes, her to be is. or not. I heard you say that on your show. And I said that to her. I'm like, I'm like, you are just like just touching lives and yeah. making an impact on people. Yeah. Uh, her, your son and yeah. Oh man. If, if if you could have been mm-hmm. there, because I could have told him 50, I could I could have <laughs> to perk up. And I was just like this. I was like, dude, you know, X, Y, and you can do this, son. You know, you're talented. With Anisha, you can fly, okay? And Anisha was like, oh my God, Noah, this is amazing. Come here, Noah. Blah, blah. And all of a sudden, he like, perk up. And, you know, he shake his, he shake his head back and forth. Then he go wandering off. And I was like, oh, mother. <laughs> like, that's all we needed. That, we that's need all to come here. You know, right, but, but some people have that on them. You know, mm-hmm. they have that kind of, you know, they just have that aura on them. They have the aura. They have that vibe. They have Anisha that. has that. Yeah, she has that, man. It's just like, you know, she is a believer. One in a million. I talk, right. And I talked about that mm-hmm. in the end. I was like, I know that. But I was like, Anisha, I need you to pray for me. And she's mm-hmm. the first thing she's going to ask me, what do you need me to pray, pray for specifically? Mm-hmm. And I know that once I tell her, it's done. You know, because you do it with, well, you may do it with some, and they want to know why are you paying, praying for that shit, and they will give you advice, or you know mm-hmm. they'll they'll twist it, or they'll spread it, or whatever. Hey, you you ain't got to worry about none of Yeah, exactly. Hey, you got to worry about none of that. That's my girl, love her. Yes, love and her. she was the first person to read Vendetta, and she's the first person to read the Root Cause. That girl, yeah, like right? fan club. That girl will ride for you. There you go, man. There you go. There you go. I'm excited to talk to her and let her know that you and yeah. I connected finally. Me too. Thank you again, Sean. This was no, really nice, and I'm and looking forward for... to staying in touch. Yes. Um. And um. Just you know, off what we're doing right now, I, I know because there are always topics. I, hard what I consider hard topics for people sometimes myself included I want to revisit some of the things in which you talked about if if that's okay because I definitely yeah. want to talk to you about um you losing your mom at that age you know and I won't say I was blessed in a sense that I lost her much later on um because my mom was diagnosed in October and she was gone in January mm-hmm. and that was you know while while I didn't see that kind of time happening. I know it's different when you have a kid or a child who experiences that and the loss of a loved one. So I wanted to discuss that with you and then see how that works out. Maybe we'll do it in a group. Okay. We'll do it in a group. If, if that's I would right. love to have that conversation. Okay. Um, I was yeah. all up and through grief counseling and I was yeah. I would yeah. love to be a part of that conversation. Yeah, and see I, I didn't I didn't mourn my mother for more than two mm-hmm. years after she passed. Yeah. Um, and when that happened, I remember where I was and what I was doing. And I just, God, yeah, God was just like, you, you know, you need to get this out now. I was like, yeah. no, nah, nah. it's like, you need to get it out now. And I couldn't mm-hmm. move. And I just yelled and cried and screamed and the rest of that, man. And mm-hmm. so and that's, Great. yeah, Great. that's something. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, 
that was just me doing what my mama I thought my mother would want me to do and just tough it up and realizing now that nah that, that, ain't, that ain't the way man yeah, get it not. out nope get it out and then sometimes it takes a few few times of time yeah. you know I thought I was quote unquote healed from my mother passing and then it just kept coming back up like no yeah. I wasn't at peace with what happened I wasn't and so having to constantly revisit you know I wake up every day usually during the week me and my grandmother she lives in Michigan will pray because I need to get my mind right and get my spirit right because I don't know what's going to get thrown my way yeah what things from the past will creep back up yep and, and it's know. always something because it's always yeah. something. if it's not happening to you it's happening to somebody you care about and just to piggyback on that you know i i don't i don't want to be healed from um the loss of my mom but i, I definitely want to you know be able to remember her the right way yeah. because because if i remember her the right way she's always walking with me always walking with me um, and I remember when she was passing, she'd always be like, you know, Sean, anytime you look up at a full moon, that's me. And it's just like, if you don't, my mother being my mother, being silly. Um, mm-hmm. She's like, you know, if you don't see that full moon, that means I'm out dancing. <laughs> and <my> mom, <laughs> like, okay. You know, my mom actually, a moon is a star, but an actual star, she would say, that's me. Um, so we have those memories. And, I, you know, my dad was actually telling me a little bit about my mom yesterday mm-hmm. uh, and I just love hearing other things because like you said I was a little younger um, I you know I was 11 I'm 34 now so right. I've been alive longer than I had her so at this point so it's nice to see my family how she was who she was and... yeah yeah well we're going to revisit and talk about some stuff your new books coming yeah. out we can revisit and talk about that um, oh, maybe we'll help some people get through some some in, in their reformation things because you know I love talking to kids who are ex-gangsters because I was mm-hmm. people who drug trade because I was mm-hmm. in it only for a minute and mm-hmm. the thing is and just I could I could lie mm-hmm. and because I don't I could lie and, and try and make myself look good and say I had this epiphany or this that mm-hmm. ain't the truth the, tr- <laughs> the truth is there's always somebody or something letting me know that that wasn't for me yeah because if it was up to me i would have went to left every single time mm-hmm. because I'm more exciting oh yeah the left is lit yeah that's, that's like, <laughs> the left is lit <laughs> the, the consequences though aren't yeah. really lit so and i i feel you you know i i realized last year like january that i could either go left or right and you know i made that decision and i'm so glad i did i made the the right decision how um, are you Proud of you, proud of you. It, it, it takes it takes guts, man. Yeah, it takes guts. The easy thing is just to conform. It's always it easy is. To conform. That is easy. But, but to fight with that, and especially mm-hmm. with yourself mentally, yeah, that, that's where where like the real growth is. That's where that happens. That mental, it's just crazy how like that mind can really take over. Yep, will have you lying to yourself. Yep, oh, tell man. you right. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> And if you don't have a handle on it, it will just run you dead. Yeah, true that, right? Yeah, because it wants its way. You're right. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right with that. Thank you for this. Yes, thank, thank you. you. I, I, thank you. I needed this earlier. You know, it, it was a it was a rough week, but I was looking forward to this conversation. And right before we talked, I talked to um, um, some family. They just randomly called, and they 
it was just nice talking to them. So you guys have turned my day around. Look at that. Yeah. And see, I, I talked. I talked to my sisters. I have three of them. So I talked to two of them right before I talked to you. And that, that's what it is. I'm like, you know, well, let me go ahead and just check in, which is what yeah. I do every week. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but we're going to revisit some stuff. And we're definitely going to stay in contact. We're good. Yeah. This has been a blessing. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Jelly. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing from you, okay? Oh, we're keeping in touch. Can't get rid yes, of me now. Are. Yes, we are. I'm going to talk to you soon. <laughs> All right. Have a good right. weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to me and the crew with your host, Sean E. Leverett, and special guest, published author, Angelica Roberts. Please listen, like, share, follow, and subscribe on your preferred platform to receive our content first.